We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Tuesday. What's good, everybody? Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're both on location. I'm down in the easy, the big easy, the N-O. Man, let me tell you something, bro. Today, I got up, went for a nice walk. It's nothing like clean southern air, bro. It's just something about the south. Good fresh air. You know, the smell of tall pines in the air right off Interstate 55. You know, hit coming into New Orleans and um, whoo, man, it's just really good, man. Just right. good. Took a nice walk on the boardwalk. That's right. And uh, got me. You been caught. traveling lately, huh? You in Louisiana, Chicago, South Bend? Look, I'll be in L.A. in two weeks. L.A. It's and gonna be on the road. Show on the road, huh? I'll be in L.A. in May and June. That's right. I'm actually coming to LA in June to check out the uh my wife is a huge, huge Janet Jackson fan. Really? Oh, so yeah. she had to reschedule because of Trey Young, huh? So she's coming to see Janet out at the Hollywood Bowl Ooh. on the 10th. Janet still got so it too, huh? We'll see. You know, and my wife was like, Man, I got two tickets. Do you want to go with me? And I'm like, no. And this is a real conversation. And she said, why not? I said, because I'm trying to get up on the stage and I don't want to embarrass you. That's right. Because, you know, every show, Janet does a little strip tease. Uh-huh. Well, like one of the dudes, and I was like, dude, I'm trying to be the dude up there on the chair. I'm letting yeah. you know right now. I'm letting you know right now. I'm letting I'm you know right now. I said, so I'm trying not to embarrass you and my parents and my family. Because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm letting you know. But that's what got to happen for real. When Janet is like, Looking out in the audience, I'm gonna act a plum fool, dog. I'm gonna act a plum fool to make sure, man. Yeah, Bigger fan than you out there when that happens, yo. So you know, I believe it was, uh, I forget which which tour it was, the one where she was in uh, Hawaii. She did mm-hmm. the strip tease for a guy that was just kind of handcuffed to a chair. But if mm-hmm. you've never seen it, go watch her Velvet Rope tour. Mm where she had a guy strapped down mm. like on this bed bro mm. 
I look, man. In Hawaii. No, no, no. This one was in. I think this one was in a Vogue show in Vegas. It was her Velvet Rope tour. She had to tell the dude. That dude said, "I love you," thirty nine times, bro. Mm, mm, mm. To the point that she couldn't even almost finish. She was laughing like, "Dude, shut up!" <laughs> like I'm trying to do a show. That would be me. That's it. <laughs> that was Channing Jackson right there. What you mean? That's the once in a lifetime. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, so this sparked the conversation. LL question of the day. Is there a great, is there a great sports entertainment that you wish you had seen in person? I've never seen Michael Jackson in person, bro. I wish I had. Mm. I've never seen Michael Jackson in person. person. I wish I had. They did the uh, big Jackson uh jackson tour they came through comiskey park at that point in time i think i was like 10 years old when they came through mm. and then after that i just never really caught mike in concert but i wish i had you know his untimely death i, I wish i had because mike was just one of those guys that you you just knew would have ended up with a residency in vegas and you would have called him down the line Unfortunately, he passed away. Um, I hear great things about Usher's show in Vegas. Great things. It was crazy because my wife went with her best friend and came back and told me his show was for you. Mm. Like his show is for guys. Because I guess the whole set is basically it's like an Atlanta strip club. Mm. So even though he's singing songs, you know, to the ladies, 
the whole background and the show itself is, you know, something different. So, uh, yeah, that's the LL question of the day. Is there a great that you never got a chance to see in person that you wish you had seen in person? And I'm just trying not to embarrass my wife on right. June 10th. I'm there at Hollywood Bowl. So my, right. daughter, my daughter is going to go with her because, because my daughter, you know, considers Janet Jackson a legend. And she's like, yo, I don't want to miss the opportunity to see her if this is indeed her last concert. Yeah. You know, kind of like if this is LeBron's last go around. The next That's not for like three or four years. We good. So I'm just saying, like, you know what's coming to an end. I would like to go see a game at Crypto. You know what I'm saying? I would like to, in the next couple of years, I would like to catch game at Crypto and see him. I've seen him at the United Center. I've seen LeBron play. I've seen him play the Bulls plenty of times. But I've loved to catch him um, in a Lakers uniform. That's right. I absolutely would. Is there anybody in college that you wish you had seen? I never got to see you in person, Left. I wish I had seen you in person. Oh, yeah. We was packing out the stadium. I wish I'd seen you in person. See, seeing you in person changed Kenny Minchie's whole life. That's kind of real, man. I I, uh, I think about that when you had told me. I'm like, man, and to see him, I think he really has a chance to really be in position uh, to lead the team. So I like the coaches. I, I was able to meet Coach G. Coach Jared Parker is like the same on the field like he is off the field. He's he just be floating. You can't even really <laughs> get a chance to talk to him. He'd be at the event, but he ain't at the event kind of thing. Yeah. When I did talk to him, you he, he would have thought we was in practice because he was real short. And he was like, all right, thanks. I'll see you later. And was on to the next thing. So maybe he is the voice of reason. Or maybe he just feel like he got a lot on his plate and he's trying to take it serious. Yeah. Either way, I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's look at some of these answers, man. Uh, Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, said Prime Jordan. Uh, he also says Prime Kobe. Uh, Marvin Bell, this is a good one. Rick James. Uh, Rick James is somebody I would have loved to kick it with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have loved to kick it with Rick James. Um, Mike Huff, another one for Michael Jordan in person. Uh, ooh, K-Mac, this is a, a different one. Richard Pryor. Richard mm. Pryor. That would have been different. That would have been different. Josh Buffalo said the rocket as well. I actually saw Prince uh, in Vegas in 2000, I want to say it was 2007. It was the weekend. Remember the uh, NBA All-Star was in, in Vegas that year? Yeah. That weekend... Uh, Prince was in town as well. It, man, it was a crazy weekend. Dang. It was a crazy weekend. Oh, this is a good one. Garland Dotsy says Bob Marley. Yes. I would have loved to see Bob Marley in person. I actually saw a clip of Rick Ross. I guess he did a show recently in Atlanta with the Atlanta, uh, the Black Atlanta Orchestra. And they did, mm. man, he did uh, Every Day I'm Hustling with a full orchestra left. Mm. Almost lost my mind, bro. Is that I, nice? yo, I was like, yo, this is bananas, bro. You, man, you talking about like live instrumentation 
the bass guitar was killing, and you had like the uh, the bass stand up bass, and then you had the violinist in the background. Like whew, I was like, yo, and you know everybody knows the, the lyrics to the song. Yeah. So all he had to do was intro. He brought that bad fella in, and just man, the audience just took over. I was like, yo, that's dope. That's dope. That's just one of those moments. Like, man, you wish you had been there. Mike M- Eddie Murphy live. I've yet to Eddie see Murphy him. live would be pretty good. You know what? I would like to catch Eddie Murphy doing a stand up. Like, if he does another one, see, this is something, Gino. I actually saw Biggie at the House of Blues. Mm. I saw Biggie at the House of Blues in Chicago in 95. It was 94. I think it was 94. He came during the summer in the House of Blues, Chicago. So I was able to catch him. Never saw Pac. Uh, let's see. We got some good ones coming through left. B Dub 804 says the 1990 UNLV running Rebels. G Baby said Bernie Mac and Mike Jackson. I actually saw Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac in Bernie Chicago. Mac. I saw Bernie. And riddles before he blew up. Oh, like he is from Chicago. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like before he blew up. Like he was like the dude in Chicago. Because he was doing the train shows, right? Yeah. 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 You know what? Jerry Rice and Randy, Randy Moss, definitely. Now, would you have preferred to see Randy Moss at Marshall or Randy Moss? In the NFL, Randy Moss and Marshall was different. He was that was just he was he was nice in college. I probably would have said college just to see him be un. It's unfair the NFL. It was really unfair in college. So yeah. see him and Chad Pennington go crazy. Probably be cool to see. Yeah, that would have been super dope. That'd have been super dope. So today, the theme is now. See, this is funny, right? Because you know, I told you we. We started a conversation on the IB message board concerning um, the Floyd, Will Fuller, Golden Tate conversation, right? And so uh, it was funny because somebody, I guess they call themselves critiquing the show, said <laughs> we don't have much of a script as a show, which I find funny because every single one of our shows have a theme. Yeah. We literally give a theme and have it at the bottom of the screen every show. Every show. And know exactly how we're going to play into that theme. But it was funny. Oh, yeah, I found out also that I was a producer that was learning how, learn, just learning football from other people, which I, I find hilarious. But You know what? Timothy Midget said a, a Wu Tang show. They just had a show recently that went viral because uh, was it uh, Cash? I think it was Cream, and they had the sign language person in front of the stage, and I think Method Man was going crazy just watching her interpret the song. And that oh, that that's video, right. Yeah, that's that video right. Video clip right. went viral. So, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. No, the read Jason Smith says so. SD does read the boards. This one, the only reason I knew about this is because B. Driss called me 
he called me on Sunday and was like, yo, did you see this this thread that your show inspired? And I was like, huh? And so I read everything and I started laughing. I was like, yo. Yeah, Garland Docky saw it. He said she snapped with that method. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's dope. That's dope. I've actually seen Wu Tang in concert. Okay. I've seen Wu Tang in concert. Let me tell you the the coldest who the heck are these dudes concert I've ever seen. 2000, what's that? 2003, the NBA, I believe 2003, NBA All-Star was in LA. So we go out to, remember I told you the Paul Pierce story? Like we went to this little spot in West Hollywood. This cat left. <laughs> like I know you said like, yo, I'm about to do a live show. My man is in that st- Oh, only on the lucky level. Oh, yeah, no trip. yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> what was that? But no, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, I don't know. I have no clue what that was. Matter of fact, I just lost all train of thought. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? It's actually, uh, get, you know how you get the grass put in? Yes. And so you get new sod. You get new sod. Yeah, but that grass that looks like good all year round. Kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. That type of thing. So you, you know, <laughs> those boys working. Yeah, those boys working. Jesus. I'm like, is this part of the show that we're supposed to get up and run? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You hear the chainsaw? Like, we don't want to be like, you know, the characters in real movies that sit there and all of a sudden. Yeah, and something happened like, you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Home of the misguided passion. We do it the best here. Gino said, yeah, that's that audio edible right there. <laughs> oh, man. But when I was, we were trying to transition into, um, New roles, right? And before we do that, we're going to get to the Notre Dame side, but Bruce Feldman, who is, man, a big brother to this show, he's been on with us, what, three times now? And I'm sure we're going to have more this summer and during the season coming up from The Athletic. Had an incredible article where he spent three days with DJ Uagalele, who is now the starting quarterback at Oregon State. And left, you've mentioned this, as we've seen the portal heat up. And <laughs> I had to laugh at this. Wait a minute. Gino said, hey, what's that noise? <laughs> Let's go check it out. <laughs> the chat is the best. The chat is the best. <laughs> we both get up like, yo, where'd that come from? <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking about. All of a sudden, blood spatter on both our screens. Like, oh, oh man. Like, that would have had to solve the mystery right there in chat. This is we all would have had to come into action for real. Oh man. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So 
Can I read you a couple of quotes? A couple of interesting quotes from DJ Lagalele. The first thing he said is when I was looking to transfer, I didn't give a darn about the campus. I didn't give a darn about NIL. I didn't give a darn about all the bells and whistles. I just wanted to go somewhere where I thought they could get me NFL ready with a pro-style offense that fit my skills. We talk about this all the time, and you mention it all the time. Even when you talk to young guys at the Elite 11 competitions level, you talk about how you share with them how important it is to go to a place that's the right fit. Like, it's cool that you're 17 and you're falling in love with all the bells and whistles, but as a quarterback, there's no more important position than to think about fit coming out of high school than the quarterback position, yo. And now you pointed out something before we actually came on, like, yo, DJ gets it. He had to live it. Like, talk about that left. Like, somebody, they have to live it to understand what it is that they really need for them to become the players that they need to become. Well, he didn't say anything about school. He didn't say he was looking for a nice master's program. Or- no. Heck no. <laughs> no. No. I, thought, <laughs> I, I, thought, said, I didn't give a darn about campus, location. <laughs> facilities, NIL, nothing. He didn't say nothing about no academics. I thought we was student athletes. Anyway, yes, it's he, about matter of fact, he didn't even take a visit. He said he didn't even need to pick, he didn't even need to see the campus or the facilities. He didn't talk places. to the academic counselors or nothing. None oh, of that. See? Now this is he did he graduated in three years at Clemson. He's a very smart young man. Yeah, but at the same time, it also goes back to why fit is important and, and it's a hierarchy to fit. Fit comes over academics if we really want to do it right. Mm. If you got to go to Western Michigan because they say, listen, you are finna be the starter at Mich- Western Michigan for four years straight. Come on down. I'm looking at what departments of academics at Western Michigan I'm going to decide to go to. Because that is ultimately what's going to keep you at the school or not, is your playing time. Mm. And so I think DJ, you know, being the number one quarterback and all of that coming out of high school, you fall into that, I need the biggest and best and baddest, this, that, or the other. But fit involves, and is is not discriminatory to number one players to number 100 players, mm. to black, white, or indifferent. You have to be able to fit where you're going because at the end of the day, it's too hard to try to fit into something that isn't built around you. And a lot of it is is crazy because you can't really understand it until you go through it. Because when you're coming out of high school, a lot of what DJ probably felt – Oh, I can make this work. I'm the number one player. You know, you, I can hand it off. I can do it all. Whatever you can ask me, I can do it because I'm the best. Unfortunately, when you get into a big business in college football, you have to be able to know and you'll find out real quickly what you're good at and what you're not good at because you're a part of a system. You're a part of a, a whole uh, 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 infrastructure that you have to 
find your role. And if the role isn't supporting your talents that you're good at, and this is stuff that's not necessarily throwing it or running it, but your communication from the sideline, are you a signal guy? Are you a, a mic? You need somebody to tell you in the mic. Are you a huddle guy? Are you a fast-paced guy? Are you under the center? Sam Hartman's, you know, face some of that. Are you a all strictly shotgun? Are you a running type of quarterback? Are you so? There's different types of systems that you'll learn what you're good at and what you're not. And when you're not fitting in the system, it's the worst thing because it's like you're in purgatory. There's nothing you can do to make it work. It's like everything you do is either the worst thing in the world or it's, it's like really, really bad or everything is a struggle. The same plays ain't the same plays working out for you. Yeah, we got this curl thing with the little dig, but and you run it and it's a touchdown. I run it, it's like we got to hit the check down. I got to run around for my life. I, I you know, the, the drop is different, whatever, you know. So you saw that a little bit in the spring game with Tyler and Sam. I don't know if Tyler was throwing it, like throwing the game or trying to look bad, but the same plays, even if they were called, didn't look like the same plays when the two quarterbacks were in there. So that's why it's, it's a facade when people try to talk about, yeah, we got two different quarterbacks, but we're generally running the same stuff. No, you're not. No, you're not. You have to be able to go somewhere where you fit. DJ found that out expeditiously when you go through several quarterback battles, when it's a total sham because if you're in a quarterback battle, that means they, they really trying to get you out of there. They're trying to get you out of there and they're, and they're forming the offense around the guy you're competing with. That's, that's the biggest joke in about quarterback competitions. They form the offense around the other guy. That's why you're thrown in there to try to test out the best and worst parts of it. So I do think that um, it's, it's, it's an interesting Dynamic, but you see it work out for players as well. You see it work out for a Hendon Hooker who started at a Virginia Tech who had to transfer over to a Tennessee where the system was better fitting for him. And you start to see, oh, he can actually throw pretty well. Oh, he got an arm on him. Oh, he's pretty accurate. Oh, he's pretty poised in the pocket. You look at his Virginia Tech film, he's out there read optioning and running around, not making the right reads and all type of stuff. So it definitely could be fit. Look at Joe Burrow. The Ohio State situation didn't work out. Goes to LSU with a bunch of talent, with the right offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, and took two years and really became master of it enough to have a one of the best, probably one of the best, if not the best seasons of all time in college football. So I think a, a lot goes for, you know, the – the challenges of why fit is important. And when you find your fit, we might see a different DJ. He might put his name in the top five quarterbacks for next year. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a tough top five. You did it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. 
we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is something he touched on. Um, this is something he touched on. He grew up. Now, imagine this. We pointed out the relationship with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, right, always being one and two as they came up through the ranks. Well, there was another person that actually made the trio of guys that were from California that were close friends with those guys, and that's D.J. Uagalele. And he went back to his roots and worked out with them while he was making his decision prior to them going to the NFL draft and watching guys that you grew up with who were your contemporaries, who you felt like you were just as good as and as talented as matriculate to the NFL. And here after your third year, you're having to change schools and kind of rebuild yourself and rebuild your brand and the view that scouts have about you as a quarterback going to the NFL. And, you know, just to reiterate, Bruce Feldman, great article, Spent three days with DJ Uagalele. Um, and the, the article's on The Athletic right now. He said when he picked Oregon State, he said, I didn't really care about anything. There's only one reason why I'm going there, and that's to play football. It doesn't need to be a big city. I can have 10 people there. As long as there's going to be a football on the field, that's going to be fine with me. When asked about what happened. Now, this is just how quickly – Cause something, I'm gonna say something, and I want to see if you pick up on it. Left, he had the same offensive coordinator that was there with Trevor Lawrence his freshman year. He gets there, he comes into Notre Dame when Trevor Lawrence is out for COVID against Notre Dame on the road. No one in the stands really. But he steps onto the big stage as a freshman quarterback, true freshman, and breaks the Clemson freshman passing record for yardage in a game at Notre Dame. He sets the expectations for his for his career right there, right? Trevor Lawrence comes back the next week, and of course, they go on to go into the playoffs. They come back next year with a brand new offensive coordinator. They don't go and get somebody that is credible from outside the program. They elevate from within the program. And Brandon Streeter comes in and totally changes the system and the offense that Clemson has been successful with. He goes from making checks at the line of scrimmage as a freshman and learning how to play as an NFL quarterback. Same system that made Trevor Lawrence successful. Now he's looking to the sideline, getting his checks from Brandon Streeter and coaches. And he feels like the offense was watered down. This is what he had to say. I didn't want to do what I was doing at Clemson. 
I didn't really like what we did there scheme-wise. I didn't think we did very much. I thought it was very basic. It didn't help me out as a quarterback and play to or play to my strengths. I wanted to go somewhere that would go play to my strengths and go help me go somewhere that could develop or I'm sorry. I wanted to go somewhere that would play to my strengths and go somewhere that would develop me for the NFL. Play action, work on the center, throw the deep ball. Do you realize Clemson, the last two years, has been in shotgun 92% of snaps left. 92%. That's as opposed to Oregon State, which is 41%. Pretty balanced. Yeah. So it just goes back to, like you said, fit, man. But to this young man's credit, he was forced to change in the midst of his career at the most important part of his career when he was about to take over for Trevor Lawrence going into his sophomore year. Now you're asking him to run a totally different offense. That's that's tough. You know, so a lot of times when we look at the narratives surrounding these young men that have to transfer, it's, oh, you failed. Oh, you didn't want to compete with Cade Klubnik. It's like, no, I came to Clemson under the guys that I was going to be developed like Trevor Lawrence, and that got changed immediately in my sophomore year. I tried to make it work, and I, I can't do it anymore. I, I just can't. I have to go find a place where I can develop the way I wanted to be developed when I first came to Clemson. Yeah, and that's and that's fair because at the end of the day, Clemson is not going to change what they're doing for you. They they made changes around what your strengths were. Clearly, I mean, obviously, if they wanted you there, they wouldn't have made a total one eighty from what you were accustomed to or what was winning. I think sometimes coaches overthink the process and and make it too challenging. And you know, it, it is interesting that the story of what happened to DJ of how they promoted a guy in-house and he ended up changing the offense, how that's an interesting storyline because sometimes you can be going too hard at trying to make something look different when you're running the same thing. And like Tyler Buckner said, they slimmed down on a lot of stuff. Like DJ said, they watered down a lot of stuff that they were doing and and, it goes from going – more complicated to more simple, but mm-hmm. the simple is too basic. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to operate uh, at a high level. You became figured out, you know, and now you go back to 2015 play calling where we're just saying we're going to run right and left. We're just mm-hmm. more talented, so we're going to make it work. So hopefully it's not like that. Uh, hopefully it's, it's complex enough to where Sam Harvey can give us some of that 12,000-yard pass and he was doing at Wake Forest. Um, I think that would look good in a Notre Dame jersey as well. So, you know, it is very interesting, to say the least. Um, You go from the combination of, I would say, Chad Morris was really jumped it off as far as the Clemson offense taking that next step with your boy, who you give a lot of credit to before Deshaun Watson got there, the OG as far as Clemson quarterbacks. And yes, sir. And then Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott, they were co-OCs from 15 to 19. 
and then Elliot kind of took over, and then right after that, I think Elliot ended up getting his own job, and then Brandon Streeter took over. So, like you said, the transition was – it's tough to be asked to do something totally different as a sophomore than you did as a freshman. Yeah, that's true. It just is. It just is. So, I just thought the weekend – the one thing that stood out is the process of having an opportunity to do a OC search nationwide and eventually to promote from within. It did not work for Dabo. Marcus Freeman finds himself in the same predicament, love. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm reading the story about DJ and I'm like, uh, I'm like, would I feel more comfortable if things had gone the way we thought they were going to go in that hiring process? I can't sit here and tell you no. I would be lying. Be lying, man. I would be lying. I would flat out be lying to you. Right? We know who the other candidate was. There's no need to dig old things up. If that had followed through and that's who we were dealing with right now, yes, I would feel far more comfortable as a fan of what the offense was going to do. Yeah. Hiring, hiring from within and having Jared Parker, we, we, have, we wait and see. We wait and see. We definitely wait and see, but I think Jim Parker is doing the right steps as a guy coming in trying to rejuvenate an offense that has a lot of potential but needs to be let out of his box, if if you if you would say, in terms of showing that potential on the field. I think he has a great key with Sam Hartman to unlock that box but he has to be able to put the key in the right configuration to get the box unlocked. Is Sam the right key? Well, we lost the other master key, you know? Mm -hmm. So right now with Sam Hartman, it's just, we gotta, we gotta open this box up. But if we do, I think we'll be in the right spots that we need to get us over that hump right now. We on that, that, that nine and, and four type of heel. Well, we're just stuck at that middle of the road. Are we going to get over or are we going to fall down the hill? So I think this is the time to really see the trajectory of the next couple of years because I do think this year will affect recruiting in the sense of is Marcus Freeman really the right man for the position? Obviously, they're going to question that if we have another eight, nine win season. But I do think that recruiting is going to be impacted uh, based on those three games that we have, I think those two high recruits, um, even Justin Scott wants to see what we look like uh, against an Ohio State, against a Clemson, against an SC, uh, teams that are relevant. Because I think what's so crazy is that you look at teams like Michigan, you have to wait to the end of the year to see if their season is validated. Because every other game is is, is boring to watch or, right. or not uh, – not against a team that's of relevance. We're playing teams of relevance damn near every week. And, it I mean, look, we're playing Pitt and Duke and Northwestern and Pitt and Duke and Northwestern putting in first-rounders. Like, <laughs> what are you 
I mean, that's crazy. So um, relevancy, I think we're in the right space for that. And these recruits want to see relevant games won. I think if we beat Ohio State, Cardinal would be on our team, in my opinion. So that's just what I think. Oh, man. Don't threaten me with a good time. Cardell Tate as a wide receiver for Notre Dame. Cardell Tate would start this yes. year. Yes, he would start this year. He would be the starting wide receiver this year if yes. he played for Notre Dame. Yes. Just, he would start. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, now we talked about DJ. We talked about the importance of fit. We talked the impact of Jared Parker being hired from within. What to look out for. Now let's get to Notre Dame and the new roles we have coming from everything and all these transfers that are taking place. I don't know if a certain player is ready to be what he didn't think he was going to have to be just two weeks two weeks earlier, right before the Blue and Gold game. We'll ask left where he has to think about it. That's next right here, the audio edible of the day, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 